Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Story time. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I grew up in a house where my backyard was a huge forest in rural Illinois. When I was a kid, I loved being outdoors and would take every possible opportunity to run amok in the woods with my best friend. When we were younger, 11-12, we stayed closer to the house in the outskirts and climbed the trees. As we got older, 13-15, we would venture deep, walking and swimming in the rivers, and building little forts. When I was 16 the forest was roped off and closed off to the public, as a company had began illegally dumping lead or mercury, into the woods, but that's another story. It was the middle of a hot summer, and I was about 15 at the time. Dusk was approaching and my friend had to go home for dinner, but I wasn't quite ready to leave. We parted ways, and I climbed up a tree near my favorite spot over the river. Now, these woods backed up to a local gun club, so it wasn't uncommon to hear shooting. However, this gun club was contained in its own private property and the members never ventured out into the forest. 
I sat in my tree for a little bit and ate the blackberries I'd picked earlier while watching it get darker, when I suddenly spotted movement out of the corner of my eye. At first I assumed it was a younger deer because it was larger but not huge, but I quickly realized it was a man. He seemed to be in his late 30s or early 40s, and he wore a black t-shirt and camo pants with creepy, wiry facial hair. He was skulking, like he didn't want to be seen. I thought this was odd, but had no intention of making my presence known since something felt wrong, and being a 15-year-old girl alone in the woods I knew I was at a disadvantage. I slowed my breath down and watched. At first he didn't say anything as he walked around the base of the trees. It was around that time that I realized he had a gun slung over his back. Once he got near the river where my friend and I had been loudly goofing off maybe 10 minutes earlier, he started calling out hey. Anyone here? Help? While grabbing his rifle. When there was no response and no noise, he gave up after a few minutes and began walking downstream. I waited until it was pitch black before sliding out of that tree as quietly as I could, running home, and having my parents call the cops. They never found anything. I could never bring myself to go back. I was camping at a popular campground in the mountains with my boyfriend. But it was November and it was their last open weekend, so no one was there. We were chatting and having a good time around the campfire and drinking. My boyfriend had to go pee so he walked to the other side of the road and peed in the bushes. While over there he very slowly and quietly got my attention and pointed out the large glowing eyes staring back at him from the bushes. He still has his dick out while in a stare-off with a mountain lion. We very carefully backed up and stayed really close to the fire until we went to bed in the car instead of the tent. We could hear it walking around after we went to bed that night. The worst part was I went to find the pit toilet 15 minutes before this all happened. By myself. I even got slightly lost while trying to find it and was probably being stalked by the cougar. I've been pretty nervous camping ever since. My dad used to take me hunting on public hunting land in the late 80s early 90s and we would always, and I mean always see the same affable elderly gentleman out there. The nicest man. A bird watcher. He would wear head to toe bright orange so no one would mistake him as prey and he stayed on the main roads and rode a bicycle. Just a fantastic human who spent hours talking to my dad about wildlife and life in general. All of game wardens in the area knew him and so did most, of not all of the regular hunters. Again, this man never went into the woods, wore bright orange which included a bright orange hat, and rode a bicycle. He practically glowed. One day, this wonderful man was found, on the road, shot meticulously through the head. No one was ever arrested for his death. My father knew that no one could honestly state they thought he was a deer because of his precautions. We knew the poor man had been murdered. We never went hunting anywhere near there ever again. I saw an elf or leprechaun. So, I went off trail and started aimlessly wandering in the general direction of a peak in the Uintas. From up a steep slope and from behind some very thick tree line I started getting pelted with green pine cones. Those shits hurt. They were flying at me from quite a distance, and I tried to angrily chase down the source but the terrain was was too difficult to negotiate quickly. I didn't see one shape or even the hint of movement through the trees at all. It's like the pine cones were coming from absolutely nowhere and arcing perfectly through thick trees and nailing me almost unerringly. Not a one hit a single tree or branch and that would have been impossible for me to do. Worst part? I could hear faint, high-pitched, creepy laughter. I am a 20-year veteran in the Force Service. I've worked as a ranger now for 12 years. My time and in all my time working for the government, I've never encountered anything out of the ordinary. That is until my last station job as a ranger at Gooseberry Falls State Park in Minnesota. 
It was quite possibly one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever had while on duty and certainly not something I'll ever forget. Well, to explain how it happened, we need to go back about six months before that incident. I had been planning on retiring. My son had just graduated college and was looking to move closer to Minneapolis. So once he made the offer that he would work part-time with me while he looked for a full-time position, I decided to pass up retirement and stay on the job. By the way, I should make a note that this was all pre-covered. I had heard rumors of management positions opening up in the area. So after discussing it with him, we both agreed that he would come back home for around six months while I waited for the opportunity to present itself. I was first introduced to Gooseberry Falls State Park during my orientation as a ranger there, and they took us out into the park at nighttime. It was an amazing sight getting to see all these bright campfires down below from way above on top of the waterfalls. The rocks around the falls are very smooth and slippery due to years and years of erosion. You have to be careful if you want to climb down to view the falls at night. Our group had just finished our tour and was going to head back towards our cars when one of my co-workers, Tom, suggested that we climb down the falls, just you know, for the sake of it. I agreed, and we should have known better, and so did a handful of others who were nearby. As soon as we began climbing down, I sensed something wasn't right, but being fearless, I pushed those feelings aside as nothing more than nerves. It started out easy, everyone traveling downward in a single file behind each other, staying close and yet far enough apart for safety's sake. Then, around three quarters of the way down, things began to get a bit more dangerous. Tom fell. I didn't see him do it, but I heard the commotion. One of my other co-workers had seen what had happened, yelling up to us that he needed help getting Tom back up the rocks. Two guys rushed down to assist in whatever way they could, and while Tom was being helped back up, one of my female friends called out for help above him, saying she was slipping. It turns out that one part of the path she had been on had been walking, had gave way underneath and sent her tumbling downward. While this may have been scary in and of itself, what happened next could only be described as something straight from a horror movie. We're all standing there in shock at what had just happened when I heard the sound of movement. I looked up, and there at the top of the ridge was this figure with long dark hair watching me. It was terrifying. It was in all black and had these faint yellow glowing eyes. It was in that moment that I felt my entire body give way as if I suddenly lost control. The next thing I knew, I too was falling down to the grounds below me. Everybody rushed over to help save me, and one guy managed to grab hold of my hand while another wrapped his arms around one leg for whatever little good that did. They tried pulling me back up, but there was no use. I looked down below, and I could see there were people trying to help my friend, though they weren't having much success. I knew then that we were all going to die right here on these rocks if somebody didn't do something fast. That's why I remember the park ranger telling us about one of the waterfalls in this area called Lucifer Falls, which for some reason, nobody had ever been able to find after climbing down to view it at night. It was said that once you get close enough, you could hear voices, supposedly spirits whispering your name from below. Now, what is most troubling about this story is not so much what happened to me and my co-workers, but what happened with Tom and the female friend. As they were being pulled back up to safety, before either of them can make it out of the water completely, we noticed that their eyes had turned from their normal state into a solid black. It was like at this moment that my two co-workers realized that they were struggling with weren't actually Tom or the girl. I'll never forget hearing one of them scream as he pointed downwards towards whatever our friends had become. The other one, just before Tom and his girlfriend can pull themselves completely up onto the rocks, let go with both hands, jumping back down into the water below to avoid capture. We watched him swim off in the opposite direction, but by this time, there was nothing we could do to save him. We never did find out what happened to any of them after that day. I can only assume they were captured and are now being used as some sort of test subjects for whatever their reasons may be. Just looking at my own hands now, I can still see the long dark hair growing on them, like I saw that day.
That's why I'm warning you all not to venture down this path at night. As a matter of fact, it might be best just to stay away from these woods entirely during nighttime hours, like we should have. Whatever it is that inhabits these lands does not seem too keen on having people wandering around here at night. But if you are, be careful, for you may soon find the woods themselves can't tell the difference between friend and foe. Normally, I get off work right around 10 p.m. This was at night when I saw this. I'm also going to leave my name out of this just in case it could hurt my law enforcement credentials. I don't know what I saw, but it was some sort of canine. I was driving down an isolated road that leads to one house on the other side of the hill. I haven't seen any cars or people on this road. It's more of a way for me to get home quicker without having to go all the way around by using this nifty shortcut. But as I'm coming up the hill on my way home, something in the middle of the road catches my eye. Well, it was more so on the side of the road, trying to make its way towards the middle. Before I even had time to think about stopping or barely swerving, whatever it was was already up against my car with its front paws and claws up against the hood. This thing was huge. I slammed my gas pedal, hoping it would get out of the way, but I began hearing this little rumbling noise, like this dog growling at me. So, I got out of there fast. This thing went down on all fours from two and was now running alongside my car for a little bit before dropping back down behind me, disappearing into the darkness. Everything about this thing was huge. I can't get over it. It had massive legs and were just big. The entire body was big. Its head was huge. It had a very long snout and pointed ears. It looked kind of like a wolf but different. The largest wolf I've ever seen. And those eyes, its eyes were from a whole other world. They were bright red. Thanks for listening to my story. Feel free to share it if you'd like, as long as you keep my name out of it. I patrolled the vast expanse of Yellowstone National Park, a place of breathtaking beauty and tranquility. But lately, an eerie sense of foreboding had settled over the park, leaving everyone on edge. Reports of strange sightings and unsettling events flooded in, spreading like wildfire. Whispers of the Mothman had taken hold, fueled by stories shared on Reddit. As a park ranger named Ray, I prided myself on my rationality and level-headedness. I didn't easily succumb to stories of cryptids and supernatural beings. However, as the days went by, and more sightings piled up, even my skepticism began to waver. The Mothman, according to the Reddit threads, was a winged creature associated with impending disasters. Its ominous presence often served as a harbinger of tragic events. I tried to dismiss it as nothing more than folklore, but the growing tension among the park staff hinted at a collective fear. One night, under the watchful gaze of a full moon, I embarked on my usual patrol. The air crackled with an electric energy, and a thick fog enveloped the trees, lending an eerie atmosphere to the park. I glanced around, my senses on high alert. And then, I saw it. A silhouette emerged from the darkness, the unmistakable shape of a winged creature. Its eyes glowed with an otherworldly intensity. The Mothman. Adrenaline surged through my veins as I fumbled for my camera, desperate to capture evidence of this elusive creature. Before I could steady my trembling hands, the Mothman lunged at me. Its wings flapped with a thunderous roar, and I staggered backward, my heart pounding in my chest. It tackled me to the ground, but before I could react, it swiftly disentangled itself and took flight. Disappointment washed over me as I scrambled to my feet, my camera now a useless weight in my hands. I watched as the Mothman disappeared into the night, leaving me with a mixture of awe and frustration. The encounter had been brief, yet it confirmed the existence of this enigmatic cryptid. As the days turned into weeks, the park staff continued to report unusual occurrences. Mysterious accidents, unexplained phenomena, and an overwhelming sense of unease weighed heavily on our minds. 
The Mothman sightings had become more frequent, intensifying the sense of impending doom. I realized then that my skepticism had been shattered. The Mothman was no mere folklore. It was a part of Yellowstone's dark tapestry. I delved deeper into the Reddit threads, searching for answers, desperate to understand the cryptid's purpose and the impending disaster it seemed to foretell. In the end, despite my efforts, the catastrophic event that had been lurking on the horizon arrived. A violent earthquake shook the park, unleashing chaos and destruction. Buildings crumbled, trees splintered, and panic gripped both visitors and staff. As I surveyed the aftermath, I couldn't help but wonder if the Mothman had come to warn us or if its presence had somehow triggered the calamity. The answers remained elusive, lost in the chaos that had engulfed Yellowstone. I'm in no way, shape or form a hunter. However, growing up in Philly with a wooded creek behind our roadblock. My brother and I were always forbidden to play anywhere near there, and not even think about going down there. So as any little good children do. One boring summer day, we smelled smoke and heard noises and decided we were the best detectives to snoop it out. After minutes of walking farther into thicker brush, we finally saw the source of smoke. As, we saw two men walking away from a burning car fire. It wasn't until a few years later, after dinner overhearing the adults talking about that poor unidentified little girl's remains found in a burnt skeleton of a car years ago in those woods, my brother and I then 12 and 14 years old looked at each other wide-eyed and jaws dropped as we put two and two together to realize it was most definitely what we had stumbled upon in the woods that day. And if we had been older or smarter, or unafraid of getting whooped for going down there in the first place, the murderers could have been caught and even maybe that little girl could have been saved. But looking back, I realized more than likely she was already deceased before the fire. When I visit my family's rural house in the boonies of Tennessee, I take my shotgun every time. In the back is a high-walled fenced-in area for my dogs to f around in during the day and sleep at night since they get filthy. One night I wake up to the sounds for barking that I could tell was my dogs fearing something pretty badly. I grabbed the shotgun and went outside and fired off two of my confetti rounds in the direction of the fenced-in area and I see this massive Bigfoot take off. The dogs slept as close to me as they could get that night. This is an encounter that my mother and my uncle experienced as kids in the 1970s in Tijuana, Mexico. When I was younger my mom and my uncle would tell this story to us and I always thought it was a ghost story. But recently I've been thinking it was an encounter. Please let me know if you had a similar experience and if you believe their story was an encounter as well. My mom lived with her older sister, older brother, and mom in a very old apartment complex. The complex was owned by my mother's aunt but my grandma would run it to make money. The apartment complex was pretty large, and the one only bathroom they had was pretty far away from where they would sleep. My grandma took over a couple of the rooms on one side of the complex since they weren't being rented, there were around three to four rooms and they were being used as storage, one room was a bedroom and my mom couldn't recall what the other rooms had. In the actual apartment that was next to those rooms they had a kitchen, a TV and a room where they all slept together. Because the building was pretty old most of the rooms didn't have light, but the actual apartment did. Since the bathroom was really far my grandma would have my mom and her brother bring in a urine bucket at night. But since back then there was barely any lights, the nights would be very dark and it would make my uncle and mom super nervous they would have to carry with them a cable light with them. So then one night, again my grandma forced them to go get the pee bucket, and they both nervously hurried to go get it while carrying the cable light. They got the bucket out the room and as they were heading back my uncle noticed a fire light in the patio, and immediately shields my mom and starts shaking. My mom confused tries to see what it is, the way she described it is like a fire-like projection but not red, more like a wider fire. 
They both run to try to go back to the main apartment, but their older sister to mess with them locked the door and wouldn't let them in. My uncle out of fear takes off leaving my mom behind. My mom was so scared and peed herself, out shock and fear she falls to the floor and observed a shadow creature running out the light. She described this creature around a kid's size, she noticed its eyes but it said although they were bigger they weren't exaggerated, just bigger, for the color she said it was like a grayish translucent color. My uncle as he was running out trips over a stair and then watched the shadow run out until it disappears. Once my mom's sister finally lets them and they couldn't stop crying, they couldn't sleep or talk. They were traumatized for years, my grandma would try to make them explain. Other people believe that my grandma needed to dig a hole on the patio because the shadowy creature might have let them know there's a treasure. My grandma believed that if she dig a hole she would find something bad. So that's it happened. For a while my mom and her brother weren't the same, and then when they finally were able to talk about it my mom realized it wasn't her imagination. I think this story is really interesting because usually an experience like this happens to one person, but two kids? Perhaps they really did see that shadowy gray light creature. This happened about 15 years ago back in Mexico. Me and my dad along with some friends were out in the woods gathering firewood. A old dirt road used mainly by cattle and ranchers. No other traffic that far out. 10 minutes later this nice new truck with tinted windows coming from the opposite direction stops maybe 25 feet in front of my dad's truck. We could hear somebody crying in the truck, most likely a woman but I'm not sure, but me being like 10 didn't think much of it and continued to grab fallen branches. The truck just stoked but no one got out of the vehicle. My dad told us that it was enough for the day and it was getting dark. All the older guys in the group seemed to know something was up and jumped in the truck in a hurry. I even got my finger smashed on the door because of it. But again I didn't think much of it aside from my finger getting bloodied. I remember my dad driving fast. They talked and murmured but it was grown-ups talk to me and all I could think off was my finger and the pain. When we got back to the town my dad pounded a few beers and they talked. Several years later when I was in my early 20s that memory came back and I connected the dots to what we witnessed. I never felt so much fear in my life before. To this date is the scariest thing that ever happened to me. I don't have the guts to bring it up to my dad. But I'm pretty sure that it was some sort of cartel related deal but for some reason they decided that we didn't see anything. Also this is because back in the day and in my area you never really heard of crime like that. The only crime was cartel on cartel super secretive crime. So I'm sure that whoever was inside probably had something to do with them, if it was cartel related. But I can only imagine what my dad felt having me and his friends with him there and seeing something that we were not supposed to see. It could have gone terribly wrong for all of us. I used to work at a weather station in northern Canada. It was a 24-hour place so it was manned round the clock, and often by someone who was awake. I worked nights many many times and I didn't see much creepy stuff, but heard a lot. Fairly nearby was a place where a couple of local guys housed their sled dog teams. You'd hear them yipping and barking now and then and it was quite routine. Other times, it was apparent that a bear or wolf was over there and bugging them in their cages, because it was a lot more than normal barking. It was the sound of shit scared dogs freaking out. I only heard this next thing happen one time, but pretty clearly something had gotten in there and killed at least one dog. I heard the sound of a living critter screaming while it was being killed, and it totally knew it. There is no other way to describe it. If you heard it, you'd know. I was recently working near a river in the British Columbia wilderness when about 20 meters from me and my co-worker we heard loud footsteps crashing through the trees. My co-worker yelled out. Nothing, the footsteps continued, but after he yelled out a second time the footsteps stopped and then things went completely silent. 
There was other people in the vicinity throughout the week, but to our knowledge, nobody there that day. I grew up hunting and I am very familiar with the fauna of Western Canada. It sounded like a bull or cow moose or elk. Perhaps a sizable buck. But to my knowledge they don't have the smarts to actively hide from humans when they are yelled at. Same with bears. Mountain lions, however, do. But I don't believe one would ever be so loud and clumsy sounding. WTF was in the woods? I'm not above thinking it was perhaps a Bigfoot. Or was it a sinister person? My daughter, who was 11 years old at the time, was visiting my parents for the weekend during the summer. They own 55 acres in the woods in northern Michigan. Most of the property near the home is cleared, roughly about 7 acres, the rest has sporadic trees here and there until you get to the back 8 acres. Before it gets dark they like to sit out on their screened-in porch and watch the deer come out to eat, which was done this night. The plan was to wait till the sun went down so she could practice riding her CT200 Coleman bike. It is a small bike that only went 20 miles per hour, and it had a decent headlight on it, so it was good for the cleared trails on the property. While her and my dad were sitting on the porch, just before sunset, my daughter was watching the open field for deer, but instead, she seen something that looked like a white dog moving very slowly. It was roughly 200 yards away from them, and she said Grandpa. What is that? He looked and he looked very confused. My dad is a man who has grown up in the woods, he knows every animal and everything possible about where they live. He told her it looked like it could have been a white coyote, it had a similar size, but it didn't look like any coyote he had seen. The body of the creature was very thin, almost bone skinny and didn't have a tail. He went and quickly grabbed the binoculars from inside the house, he looked and he said it looks really deformed, like a deformed pit bull. It's facing away, so I can't really see its face. It left view and they continued sitting there waiting for dark. When the sun set, my dad made sure to tell her not to go fast, because riding at night was something new. He knew that she knew the lay of the land well, but was worried since it was her first time doing laps night riding. When he was done with his safety brief, she took off. As she was riding her way around the property, she had a weird feeling of being watched. But she pushed those thoughts to the side because she assumed it was nerves on top of it being dark in the woods. As she rounded the corner to the straightaway with her light shining down the path, the light from her bike reflected back two eyes. She slowed her bike down, thinking it was a coyote or a deer. As she came slowly closer, she realized it was white. She was frozen in a panic when she realized that this was the creature she and my dad seen in the field. Only this time she was just feet away. The creature was facing her and she was able to clearly see its head this time. It was crouching with its long skinny arms hanging down against its side. It had the head of a human, a human dying of malnutrition. It had a huge chest and its rib cage was very prominent. What she thought was white fur was skin. It had white skin with gray undertones, it looked like death. Its eyes were half the size of its head and completely reflected the light from her bike. She was still riding towards it, unable to react due to being frozen in fear. The creature's mouth then became clear. It was really big and unnatural. As she got closer, she started to realize that this creature was very tall, tall like my dad who is 6 feet 3. She said the long skinny arms that hung down to its sides had human-like hands. She started to feel sick and woozy. Then, she snapped out of it, turned the bike around and headed back to the house as fast as the bike went. My sister and I were out off-roading around 1am this one night in my old jeep. We ended up coming across this large water retention basin and decided to explore it for a bit. While we were cruising around we started talking about skinwalkers and whether they're real or not, the conversation had spooked us both a bit as it was pitch black out, not a light in sight other than my light bars. We ended up changing the topic and kept on cruising. 
Not even 20 minutes later we both got this very uneasy feeling of being watched and shortly after my dash lights started flickering slightly, something that they never do and haven't done since. Already spooked from the previous conversation, this creeped us out even more and we decided it was time to call it a night. As we were about to leave the retention basin my jeep engine died trying to climb the slight hill out, which was also not normal for my jeep. It struggled to start but eventually started and was barely running. At that point we were terrified and I gunned it out of there while my jeep continued to run like it had a bullet shot through the engine. We definitely said our prayers as neither one of us was going to get out and take a look at that point. Once we got back to the main road, we made it to a gas station close by and I stopped to investigate. Upon investigation I found a vacuum line had come disconnected. A vacuum line that should not have come off as it is a securely connected vacuum line. I reattached the line and my Jeep ran per- Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Perfectly and has not come off years later. I've had without a doubt, real paranormal experiences in the past and this definitely felt the same. Was it just an unfortunate series of events or was there something out there with us that night? I'll never know and I definitely don't want to go back and find out for myself. I worked at a dog sledding company in Northern Ontario this past winter. Our building was about a kilometer from the dog kennels. I know very well the routine barking and howling you mentioned, our dogs, about 35, would do it usually twice a night. To other people it sounds aggressive, but when you know the dogs and they're barking it sounds fine. I have never liked being outside at night, and my housemates like to have a fire most nights about 50 feet from the building. One night I was sitting in the common area reading, about 11 p.m. Suddenly they came bursting into the house yelling. I could hear the dogs barking, and over my friends yelling in panic I could hear something wasn't right with the dogs. The barks were shrieking and short, something was happening. Occasionally a dog would get out and pick a fight with another dog, that's what it sounded like. The aggressive, growl barking. I stayed at the building while the others piled into the cub cadet to go break up the fight. They came back 10 minutes later, white as ghosts. A wolf had gotten in and a few of the dogs in one kennel had torn the fencing down and attacked it. Wolf was on the ground dying, four of our dogs were laying around the kennel in pieces, two more dying. They shot the two dogs in wolf and were coming back to take a few minutes before picking up the pieces. The rest of the pack may still have been around because it's unlikely one wolf killed six dogs by itself. I don't work there anymore. Way too intense for me. Last night I left to go home from a camping trip in Arizona. And let me tell y'all. Something scared the shit out of me. I was driving back home to Cali from the forest in Forest Lakes, Arizona with my boyfriend in the car. Suddenly we see a huge dog-looking creature with white and brown on it. It was running in and out of the trees on our left side. My boyfriend and I try to slow down to see what the heck it was. But all of a sudden when I barely can get a glimpse, it started sprinting at my car on my side. Mind you I had the windows down it was a cool night, but I shit you not I freaking didn't hesitate to hit that gas pedal and GTFO there. I didn't care to look back or anything. I had that gut feeling and wanted out. But yeah weird situation. Does anyone know what I might have seen? I know what a dog looks like in animals but this thing gave me a whole different vibe. Just today I found a trail cam facing a daycare on one of the properties I manage. I cut it out of the tree. 
It's pretty creepy because the SD card is full of pictures from December 30, 2017 to Jan 1, 2018. So in three days the entire thing got full and no one came back for it for over a year now. There's no pictures of anyone setting it up. There's several pictures of cars driving by and an occasional picture of someone entering or exiting the building. But you can't make out any faces or license plates and again no images of anyone setting it up or walking near it at all. Me and my co-workers came up with a few theories, first and easiest is a pervert. He got locked up for something else and that's why the SD card hasn't been cleared of data in over a year. Second is a police investigator or fraud investigator because the camera is facing the front door and the handicap parking spots. Was someone claiming disability and handicap when they really weren't and the camera was put there to catch them walking with ease? Still doesn't explain why the trail cam would still be there though. Last is a jealous or suspicious lover spying on someone. Did they see what they needed and kill themselves? Did they kill the other person and get locked up? Maybe they had multiple trail cams and got the info they needed off a different one. Very creepy to me though. Me and a buddy were doing some backcountry hiking in the Great Basin in an area where all sorts of weird shit was prone to happening. There was some restricted military base in the general area, lots of military testing and maneuvers, and lots of crazy-ass weirdos that came through that area. We crested a tall hill and were looking out over a valley when we saw two other guys on a hill across from us. I took a look at them through my binocs and they looked pretty normal. One had a rifle, but that didn't concern me because lots of people would skeet shoot and such up in that region. I decided to give them a holler and wave just to let them know we were in the area just in case they were shooting. Well, they noticed us and the guy with the rifle raised it and pointed it in our direction. I tried to dismiss it as him using his scope to be able to see us as we were pretty far away. We resume hiking and next thing I know I hear shots landing on the hill we're on. Not terribly close, but a. Eh. We hoof it down that hill and up another one and I break out the binocs again. Well, those two guys had now made it across to the hill we were on before and were skulking around the brush. F that. I decided we needed to get back to camp, but that we couldn't make a beeline because it would take us across the valley and we would be spotted in a second. I saw that there was an old, dry washout that was the perfect depth to conceal us. We snuck our way down into it and it was literally like being in a trench surrounded by sheer dirt walls. We followed it around and out to safety, but it was pretty harrowing being in there because you couldn't see too much above and so we had no clue where those guys were. My buddy told me a story over ice fishing this past weekend. So, my boss has tons of private property in northern Michigan, and he offered to let me hunt there this year. So I took him up on the offer quickly as I've put up with central Michigan public land for years. Anyways, come September I got out there and put three hang-on tree stands with screw-in steps, yeah yeah, I know, not legal but that's the only thing I'm comfortable climbing and I take them out after I leave. In various locations. Keep in mind this is private, Nobody else is supposed to be hunting within miles of me. Fast forward to late October and I managed to get out there after a very busy work schedule, roofing sucks, go to school kids, for a weekend. So Friday, I take my bait out to one of my stands, the closest one to the cabin. I get there and notice there isn't much deer sign so I decide to lug my bag out three miles down until the swamp where I find my next stand with heavy sign so I spread my pile out. I put my steps in so I can climb it in the morning and begin to head back. The third stand, the furthest one out, was only a mile away from the one I was at situated on the side of a fairly large hill. I get within a quarter mile of it on my GPS when suddenly I begin to pick up on a bad feeling. Like, my body was telling me something was up. Normally I know better than T go against this but this is as remote as you can get for Michigan so I carried on. The closer I got, the worse the feeling got. 
I got within 50 yards when I just froze. Something was wrong. The tree my stand was in was empty. There was no stand. But just to my right and front, about 30 feet from the tree, was my stand, mangled and broken. I ran over to it and started investigating. In front of the stand, five feet away on the ground, was a massive, and fresh impact mark on the ground where it had hit, then bounced against a tree. Hard enough to leave a mark, again fresh, on the tree and cleanly snapped the seat off. I then turned to me tree. I looked for marks, and found none. Just the old marks from where I screwed my steps in a month and a half ago when I set it up. No footprints, nothing around the tree. Someone, or something. Unstrapped my stand and threw it from 25 feet up the tree and traveled through the air the same distance to the ground. This stand was not light either, easily 60 pounds. I knew I needed to get out of there quick, so I booked it straight to the cabin. Stupid me went out to hunt the next morning in the stand with bait. I hunted from sunup to sundown, not seeing a damn thing. So, around dark I started to pack up. Where I was facing, I could see the hill where I had the other stand, and just as I was about to get down I could see a light. Then two. Then four or five lights. They were moving erratically around the general area of the stand. It was so silent I could barely hear some faint voices. I noped out of there silently and in the dark. The next day, I was done. I had decided to pick up my remaining stands and leave. I went to the stand I hunted in the next day, when I seen the stand hanging in the tree next to the one I was in off a branch. I didn't investigate. I turned around, and ran back to the truck. I was done. Nope, that was that. Called my boss and told him what was up. His theory was meth heads or marijuana growers. As for me, I have no clue. Back to creepy. This was out by a campground of several natural springs. A friend and I, same buddy from before, decided to strike out and go explore some very dilapidated and ancient looking farm structures we'd seen earlier in the day. We decided to go at night because f being sane, right? It was a small cluster of buildings far off next to some woods. We hiked through the brush to get there, but there was also a really torn up, we'd choked dirt road that led to it. The buildings were completely decrepit and looked like they were going to collapse if we breathed too hard. We went to the biggest barn-like building and immediately began to smell death. As we got to the interior we noticed some really unnerving things. First, despite the fact that these buildings no longer had any functional purpose, it was clear that people still went out there. There were fresh footprints that did not belong to us. Second, there seemed to be blood spattered all over the place. Third, there were pieces of wood that had been sharpened into crude, short stakes that were absolutely drenched in blood. Fourth, there were scattered clumps of what looked, to me at least, to be human hair. Lastly, it looked like someone had used the blood-stained stakes to try and scrawl something on a couple walls and on a load-bearing post in the center of the building. I couldn't make it out, probably better that way. So yeah, we decide to GTFO immediately. We decide to leave via a slightly different route because we were ultra paranoid that someone was watching and would follow us back to camp. As we made our way back we hit a truly putrid wall of that death stench again. We found the source. It was the rear half of a calf. Just the rear half. The front half was absolutely nowhere in sight. The worst thing about it though is that this animal was cut clean in half. It did not look like an animal attack at all. No other wounds, just perfectly snipped in half. We made it back to camp and left the next morning. I was 16 to 17, around 2009, with a group of friends, eight of us maybe walking down my block in Forest Park, Illinois, heading towards one of my friend's house. It was summer, around 9 p.m. The sun was already set. Once we made it to the end of my block, at an intersection, perched atop of 20 feet street light was a figure. Humanoid, definitely, 
but with wings, standing relatively still. I and all of my friends saw it. Started out it for maybe a few seconds. All muttering WTF? After those seconds of collective confusion, the thing spread its wings fully. I don't think either of us saw it fly off or anything because the moment it did that, we all took off running. Half of us one way and the other half another. Guessing neither of us has ever run that fast in our lives. I eventually made it to the friend's house we were originally intending to get to. Obviously, we were freaked out, asking each other WTF did we just see? Honestly really not talking about it too much after the situation. I'm 29 now. None of those friends that I still keep in contact with remember seeing red eyes. But everything else was the same as how the Mothman is described. At this time neither of us had even heard of the Mothman or even that there has been a sighting in the Chicago area. But I, without a doubt, know what I saw was real, because the group saw the exact same thing, at the exact same moment. If I was by myself, I don't know if I would have believed it. Honestly, we were out of there so fast that I couldn't pick up much of the vibes that it gave off. All I know is that wasn't an owl, a crane, or a drone. It kind of reminded me of the creature from the Jeepers Creepers film, if you know of that movie. Not a scary one, but it was definitely pretty awesome to me. I saw fresh deer signs going into this meadow through some aspen when I was out for an early morning hike. I approached the clearing from downwind and made my way toward it almost imperceptibly slow. The grass in the clearing was ridiculously tall and lush and covered in cool dew and I could see why the deer would have found this so attractive on a summer morning. I made my way into the grass and got near into the middle when I saw a six-point buck come out from behind some trees on the other side. He looked at me for a minute and knocked his antlers a little bit against a tree. I didn't want to get him riled so I lowered myself into the grass. When I did that the whole herd of does quietly stood up all around me. They were bedded in the grass and I couldn't see them. They didn't seem spooked at all and just lazily started to make their way out of the clearing. A small doe strolled by so close in fact that I almost wanted to touch her. Just a really serene and beautiful sight. Story from my dad, back in 1989, my dad was hunting out in New Kent County, Virginia. He feels uneasy throughout the morning and then he gets really spooked to the point where he decides to leave. Nothing weird is happening and he's a lifelong hunter who wouldn't normally leave the woods for a bad feeling. Can vouch, he's very practical. As he's driving home, he sees a bunch of cop cars at the rest stop near his hunt club. Later that evening, he finds out that the cops had found the bodies of victims of the Colonial Parkway killer near the rest stop in a spot fairly close to his tree stand. Anna Maria Phelps and Daniel Lauer. As a true crime buff, when my dad told me this story last year, I lost my dang mind. In late fall of 2018, I was driving back home from work on a Saturday afternoon on I-271 South near Mayfield, Ohio. The weather was overcast and light rain was coming down and slowed down traffic due to rain. It wasn't very windy, but the wind blew the rain to the southeast. Out of my periphery I noticed to my right what resembled a large grouping of dark gray balloons floating silently from one side of the freeway to the other, above the tops of the cars on the same freeway. Upon closer inspection I noticed these orbs hanging or grouping together in what resembled a Deanna Strand model. Some were attached to others, while the remainder were free-floating, clinging together as they floated silently across and into obscurity. This was my third experience witnessing something anomalous and I reported it months ago to author Preston Dennett. I've included the artistic recreation of my sighting. We were out in a state park tent camping, not far from civilization at all. Three of us. After drinking a bit too much and some other partying, we hiked a bit up the mountain behind our camp. Stupid. 
It was pitch black with a very steep incline. About 30 minutes into the hike, in the middle of nowhere, we see a structure. It's a door and not much else. The door is built into a brick building. It had four walls, but the structure was so small and built just for the door. The front was about six feet wide and then from front to back it was probably two feet. I know it doesn't sound that creepy, but when you find a closed door on a tiny brick building, throw in the partying and it becomes really really creepy. Turns out the door was unlocked. So, we open it and there's no floor inside, but a ladder going down. You bet your ass none of us had the balls to go down. We dropped some rocks that took quite a while to hit the bottom. No splash, just a solid smack of rock against concrete. Sorry for the boring ending, but there wasn't much more to the story. Shit was real strange though. It was a long time ago, I have no recollection of where it was, so if I wanted to ever go back I'm Saul. I, MJ, a 28-year-old warehouse worker, prefer to keep my last name anonymous. The event I'm about to share took place while I was hunting with my dog in a rural area I refer to as Black Bay, Florida. I've only recently felt confident enough to tell this story. I've kept it to myself and close family for a very long time. After several hours, I decided it was time to head back home before it became too dark to find my way. As we made our way through the fields, I hopped the last fence and waited for my large dog to squeeze through the gate. We were about 20 feet away from the start of the path when I heard a whoop on one side, followed by a sharp whistle on the adjacent side. Initially, I thought the sounds were birds, but as the unidentified sounds continued, I realized something else was going on. I took a few more steps, and suddenly, something let out a deep growl followed by a yell. It stunned me and confused me. I had never heard anything remotely close to that before. I managed to catch a glimpse of something reddish-brown crossing the path, although it wasn't much taller than me. As the noise subsided, I mustered the courage to make my way through the path and finally reach my residence. The only way home was through the path that this creature had just crossed. The sun was almost down, so it was a moment of flight or fight, and I chose flight. When I arrived home, my mother noticed that something was wrong. She was outside collecting clothes off the line and asked if I had heard a strange noise coming from that direction, but I couldn't reply. I was still in shock. At the time, I hadn't heard much about Bigfoot, but I knew that what I saw that day wasn't your average local wildlife. It was possibly a family of ape-like creatures crossing the path. And I have a theory. Now, I understand that what I encountered was a family because I heard three vocalizations that evening. Back then, it was hard to understand what was happening, but now I believe I must have come between the juvenile and the adult. That's why they distracted me and ultimately scared the living crap out of me, to ensure I didn't hurt their young. During about 5 hours of babysitting I drank a 6-pack of 5% ABV seltzers. I am not a day one drinker, it was just a regular night and I did not make any mistakes due to said seltzers, nor was I drunk. Now if you are under the understanding that the common person doesn't typically hallucinate or mess up too bad with around one strawberry lemonade seltzer every 45 minutes then I can carry on, and you can read. But if you can do nothing but automatically prejudge my story over said disclaimer, don't bother. And yes this will be relevant to the end of the story. Moving along. So in a very woodsy state in the US I used to live in, I knew a hippie couple that would pay me and my now ex to babysit sometimes. It was about 20 minutes into the woods, there were houses on the way, but all pretty far apart. These friends lived up a hill that was about a one minute drive, and had two neighbors but not anywhere close enough to hear them. On this night I went up there by myself. They paid good money to babysit, had awesome well-behaved kids, and their property was gorgeous, so it was always a treat go up there. I didn't know how to lock their front door but I always felt safe cause I was like who would come all the way up here? Guess I might have been wrong. 
So the evening went normally until the end. The kids played outside a bit and I watched them. They went on to watch T5 and one put a tuna casserole in the oven their mom had prepped. I went to do some dishes while they chilled because I said I would clean the house the day before, also a paying gig, and I didn't come through for that so I wanted to surprise the parents. Pretty soon after, the kids needed to get ready for bed. One could brush her teeth and the other still needed his brush so I did that and I think they just put on pajamas and I went to grab a quick drink from the kitchen. Here's where it gets weird, again, no neighbors close. Between the bathroom and the kitchen there was a back door. I heard a woman talking very close to the window as if she was talking to someone else. The TV was off and I don't put on headphones or a speaker around other people so it was none of those things. I assumed I didn't hear their parents pull up and they were talking outside so I opened the back door and called out their names but it was pitch black and silent. I immediately felt alarmed. I put the kids to bed and said I will be right back and if they are still awake I will read them a story. I went outside and sounded a drill I happened to see by the door and said if anyone has a bone to pick, I'm right here and come get it. Mind you even a good cop was AT at least 20 minutes out and I had two other lives to protect. Call me bonkers but again I heard people in the woods and I have no history of mental illness or drug abuse so yeah, I heard what I heard. With how shaken up I was, I knew something had to be wrong. Parents returned shortly after. Mom seemed calm, dad said he thinks I drank too much and he believes I thought I heard something. He said his kids did not hear me outside when I came out warning whoever was out there, I closed the door so they wouldn't hear me, and the kids said the night went well. Despite this, he thinks I scared them and drank too much and never had me babysit again. I think I did the right thing. One of my aunts recently passed away at 92 years of age. My cousin has been her caregiver for the past four years. He promised her he'd never put her in a nursing home. He doted on her and kept her clean and comfortable until she passed away at home. The evening she died, he was monitoring her vitals and listening to her heart with a stethoscope and heard her take her final breath. As he stood up from her bedside, he caught a glimpse of movement at the nearby bathroom door. He saw his mom in a flowing white dress looking much younger and almost transparent. She looked at him and said, thank you and faded away. We will be attending her celebration of life this weekend. I grew up in the late 90s early 2000s. I spent a lot of time outside and I loved all animals, including bugs, frogs and lizards etc. My little brother played a lot of sports so on weekends I was always dragged to his games and after school I often had to attend his practices. It was soccer season and I had to go with my mom to one of my brother's soccer practices after school on this day. I was probably, female, 8 or 9 at the time. It was at a local park surrounded by some wilderness and some hiking trails. I liked this park because off to the side of the soccer fields was a creek with frogs and stuff. I'd love to go over there and look at them and try to catch them etc. It was evening time and the sun was setting but there was still plenty of light left. I told my mom I was gonna go down to the creek to catch frogs, it was down the hill slightly from the fields and obscured by some bushes and shrubs. But there was a clear dirt trail that ran alongside the creek. So I scurried on down there and was carefully studying the creek looking for frogs when suddenly a man's voice startles me what you're looking for. I look up and see a middle-aged man, dressed in typical office, business wear, button-up shirt, slacks, dress shoes. He was standing on the trail, blocking my route back up to the soccer fields. Looking at me and smiling. I was a shy and cautious child, so I just looked at the man and didn't reply at first. My spidey senses were already tingling and I remember feeling nervous and uneasy. I sometimes saw hikers on the trail by the creek, but his outfit and appearance told me this wasn't a hiker. He then asked me are you looking for butterflies? I saw some down there as he points further down the trail, away from the soccer fields. 
I just said no and started looking around at what my options were. I felt the need to get out of there, fast. But as I mentioned he was standing on the trail which was my route back to the fields. There were thick bushes on the hillside between the trail and where the fields were. I started making my way up the rocks to the side of the creek towards the trail, further down from where he stood, and to my alarm, he started moving down the trail toward me, need some help? He said. I was now starting to panic, although nothing had happened and he seemed friendly it just felt wrong to me. I just got stranger danger vibes. I remember feeling a burst of adrenaline and fear. I shouted no and booked it up the rocks, across the trail and crashed my way through the bushes towards the soccer fields. I remember the branches scratching me but I didn't care I literally scrambled my way through them till I came up to the fields and then sprinted over to where my my mom was watching my brother's practice. I probably looked like hell so she of course asked what the heck happened and I told her. I felt like she thought I was just being paranoid though. I'll never know if this guy posed a real threat or not. He could have been just getting some fresh air on his way home from work, who knows. I just know it felt creepy at the time. About 10 years ago I was home alone, sitting in the den watching TV. The doorway to the den opened up into a hallway, and just across the hallway and offset a little ways was the doorway that went into the kitchen. Setting in my recliner I could see into the hallway and if I leaned back enough I could see partway into the kitchen. So anyway, I'm sitting there watching T5 and one hear something. I look into the hallway and, don't laugh, there's a pecan rolling down the hallway. My first reaction is, there's someone in the kitchen messing with me. I lean back and look into the kitchen, there's no one there. On the far side of the kitchen is another door that goes into another hallway that if you take a right it goes out back, a left will take you out front into the carport. I get up and go look. Both doors are shut and locked and no one around. I picked up the pecan, put it back in the bucket which was setting in the hallway by the back door, and go back to my recliner. Few minutes later another pecan goes rolling down the hallway, I bolted out of my chair like my butt was on fire trying to catch whoever was doing it. Same story, no one around but me, and both doors were still shut and locked. Now I guess is the time to say, I'm not a believer in ghost, but I'm having second thoughts. I put the pecan back in the bucket, check the doors one more time and go back to my chair. Just a few more minutes in my chair and another pecan goes rolling down the hallway. I get up, go pick up the pecan and outload I said okay, I'm tired of picking up your shit, stop it now. I put the pecan back in the bucket, went back to my chair and nothing ever happened again. To this day, I still don't know what was doing it. My youngest daughter swears the house was haunted, she claims to have woken up in the middle of the night with someone, a man, standing at the foot of her bed watching her. He was dressed in a Civil War uniform. I never asked her if he was from the North or South. She said he never made any attempt harm her, she just put her head under the covers and after a few minutes he'd be gone, but it happened enough that it spooked her pretty good. Her bedroom was upstairs, she wouldn't go to her bedroom at night if she was the only one at home, instead she'd stay in the living room with every light in the house on, and the front door open for a fast getaway. 